0: Ciao, and welcome to the Frontier Space Podcast, a dialogue about how space technology and exploration are transforming our solar system.
1: Welcome, Dr. Young Bay to the Frontier Space Podcast. Uh,
2: thank you for uh, your invitation. We're honored to have you here. Um,
0: uh, we hope it's not too hot over there in the... Uh, in,
1: in california um well, uh it's uh, just beginning so today will be like a low 80s so it's not going to be that bad yeah it's,
0: yeah i think uh what you were just mentioning about you know keeping the next generations in mind is um
1: yeah is is, is really important i think so because uh uh in fact uh you know uh, my papers are all, all in ResearchGate, and uh, I create a section there so that everybody, on, everybody in the world can see. And I look into the, uh, the readers of my papers, surprisingly mm-hmm. from small countries, Zambia or something like that in Africa, to all the way to almost everywhere. But I looked in the, look into the overall, uh, it's younger generation. And I said, wow, thank God you guys are working. So I have been very happy to see the you know, leadership and also the whole world is looking for something. That's the vibe I, I got. So I really uh, commend you to initiate something. It's gonna be very exciting and useful. So I'm uh, willing to help you as much uh, as I can.
0: Really awesome to hear, um,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: you know still learning a lot from the your uh your research publications here, oh, yeah, yeah, awesome.
1: so I created a lot of papers, something like a ten heavy papers I wrote, and it's gonna take some time to digest, even for the rocket guys, you know the rocket specialists, yeah, yes, I can imagine mm. yeah
0: um, yeah, it's really um enjoyed both, mm-hmm. both the publications on the um, yeah. title, The Perspective of Photon Propulsion for Interstellar Flight in the
3: First Demo of the Photonic Laser Thruster.
2: Oh, thank you. Sounds like important work you're doing
0: there is curious what, what kind of inspired you to um, embark on this mission and, and start the YK Bay Corporation.
1: Where well, uh, I'm sort of a lone, lone uh, runner, <laughs> so I have not like that. So when I was working at the Air Force uh, Rocket Propulsion Laboratory at, at the Air Force Base in old days, I lived at the center of the Mojave Desert. That's like tens of miles away from the cities, nearest cities. So it's pretty remote, and you don't see any light for 10, 20 miles. So Uh, Living there, I really enjoyed solitude, as well as stargazing or watching the universe. You you can really see the whole universe, 360 degree view. And uh, then suddenly the question came along, which is uh, why God created this big universe, but we are stuck in a, a small earth? Is there any reason? That's what I had in my mind, you know, in terms of a question. And then I realized that uh, we do not have a transportation ability, capability. That's part of the reason. So when I, uh, throughout my you know, research in advanced proportion, starting with the antimatter uh, proportion, uh, that, uh, you know, my discovery on the photonic laser thruster uh, may provide an answer to this. You know, it's not 100% sure yet because it's still a, a research uh, topic. But anyway, so to my capacity, I analyze everything. I try to, in fact, uh, rebuke or, you know, Tear my idea down because that's as a scientist, that's all I have to do. But still the idea survived. So I think I we have hope. And because of that, I decided to embark on YKV cooperation, especially to focus on developing photonic laser thrusters that I believe is very important for the next generation of humanity. Yeah,
0: it sounds like it. Um... I was wondering, could you enlighten us, what is the concept of the photonic laser thruster and beam, pro- beam laser propulsion? Yeah. Uh,
1: beamed laser propulsion has been around for decades. You know, using lasers for uh, pro- propelling a sail, almost like a solar sail, except you use a laser beam instead of a, a sunlight. So that's the laser propulsion. So, uh, in fact, a photonic laser thruster and the beam laser, uh, beamed laser, beamed laser propulsion, okay, that's BLP, uh, are both photonic propulsions that generate thrust or impulse by re- reflecting laser beams on mirrors, or you, you may call it cell, but uh, you know it can be also mirrors, large mirrors, without using. Onboard the propellant. So, key word here is how to get rid of the propellant. That's the rocket uh, scientists have been tra- uh, struggling for decades. Uh, the major difference of the uh, is that uh, photon laser thruster traps and repeatedly bounces the photons in uh, uh, in an optical cavity. Optical cavity means uh, that is. Uh, they consist of uh, two mirrors so that photons can bounce back and forth between the mirrors, and these mirrors uh, are extremely highly re- reflective. And in doing so, uh, it, we can increase thrust generation efficiency per given energy input thousands of times. While, while you know the beam laser propulsion bounces photons only once. And so because of that, it's uh, thruster generation efficiency is extremely low. And the, if, in terms of a perspective, the incumbent proportions, we are talking about chemical, electrical, and nuclear all together, that uses a reaction mass. That means uh, you throw a material away from the rocket to get uh, through that you can bounce, the you can have a, you know, uh, impulse and then you can propel the rockets. So anyway, so those are the reaction mass, uh, reaction mass based uh, incumbent proportions and uh, they can achieve space, space uh, craft uh, velocity under over 10 kilometers per second, which is about 7 miles uh, per second. But the beam, the laser propulsion (BLP), becomes useful at velocities greater than 3,000 km per second. That's a 300 times uh, faster than what can be achieved with the conventional rockets. That means uh, 90,000 times or more energy is right, necessary because the uh, energy
2: required for propelling is proportional to the velocity square. So. Uh, uh, but so we imagine
1: that you are just 10 kilometers for conventional rockets. And then you're just 3,000 or even greater for the beamed laser proportion. And there's a gigantic gap, cosmic gap, cosmic-cosm, I call it uh, there. And uh, no one knows what, what to do with it is because uh, there is no stepping stone to get there. So photonic laser thruster is Created for filling the gap between 10
2: and uh, 3000 kilometers per second. So, uh, but in doing so, interestingly,
1: it is projected that at velocities around 100 kilometers per second, which is about 10 times more than what uh, conventional rockets can achieve, humanity can transform the earthbound civilization to. Uh, Multiplanetary civilization. So that's uh, what my projection is. So basically, we can go anywhere in the uh, solar system 10 times faster. If that means you will go, you will be able, we will go uh, be able to go to Mars, for example. Instead of a month to year, we can go. Uh, it will only take uh, a few weeks or several weeks then the game is completely changes because the safety increases and uh, you don't have to carry lots of uh, food and all those uh, protective equipment. So uh, completely the game changes there. So anyway, so threshold velocity I believe is uh, for opening the multiple, multiple planetary civilizations about 100 kilometers per second. And that can be done with a photonic laser thruster in an en-
2: energy and cost efficient way. So that's the keyword. So, uh, uh, anyway,
1: so that's the difference between uh, beamed laser propulsion and the photon laser propulsion. When the velocity goes 3000 kilometers per second, I think uh, there's a still little gap there, but eventually beamed laser propulsion can take over. Uh, So, that's the idea.
3: Incredible. I think um, you
0: really pioneered. um, It sounds like you really pioneered a lot of important research and um, capabilities for, for, you know, mankind and future
2: generations. Yes. Thanks for uh, pressing it. You mentioned we could get to the moon
0: uh, and transport cargo within 14 hours with a 10 gigawatt laser.
2: Yeah. Seven yeah, payload too, yeah. Yeah, but but it sounds like it's definitely gonna depend
0: on the you know amount of the laser power and 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 efficiency can, and,
1: and and other factors too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, we do not have uh, all the technologies we have, but the the technologies uh, you know needed to achieve all these. Uh, you know, goals uh, are within reach of present technology. in, in terms of a, once you can be able to project it, or you know, uh, anyway. So that's that, and then of course they are all within the uh,
2: existing scientific principles. So that's the you know, uh, big advantages. Awesome, and then the um. I think in the first demo
0: um, paper, you you mentioned a a 10 second firing time of the laser and a 10% efficiency with a one gigawatt laser. Um, Curious. So that'd be like 10 seconds of contact on the reflector or, or mirror spacecraft?
1: Yeah, depending on what kind of velocity you want and what kind of mass you have, yes. So typically, for example, when you, when we have a, I think, a, for example, you want to have a one ton, one ton of a spacecraft, uh, which you would have about 50%, I would say payload, I'm thinking uh, that's what you are projecting. Anyway, so that uh, will t- uh, need about 10 gigawatts, for example, and then the contact time of the laser will be uh, few to several hours. And then, so you are talking about you know, over the fraction of the total distance between Mars and the Earth, you're maybe one tenth or even less. Uh, you have the laser on. You know, and then after that, you stop the laser, and then spacecraft at high velocity, one hundred kilometers per second, you know, coast along.
3: This is exciting. Um...
2: And would this be with um where would this laser be um
0: in relation
3: to Earth?
1: Yeah, the uh, laser beam. Uh, in fact, in fact, uh, we are talking about a large facility because uh, you need to generate you know gigawatts uh, power for a manned you know, spacecraft. Of course, for just sending small cargos, you know, you may need uh, less than one gigawatt or maybe 100 megawatts, something like that, depending on the size of the uh, cargo. But anyway, so uh, these uh, lasers or even power plant you think of a gigawatts of power plant on Earth, there's a nuclear power plant, something like that, you know, so it's not going to be small or even the uh, solar power, if you use the solar power, it can be much larger than, uh, much larger than even uh, International Space Station, for example. So uh, anyway, so this, this can be in, in the orbit, probably uh, sometimes it can be just stationary orbit or Lagrange points, even uh near the earth and cannot be on the earth because uh photonic laser thruster cannot be operated in atmosphere okay and then uh you can put one on the moon for example and for example we if you want to connect to the mars maybe you will have a uh station on the moon and then one of them another station near the moon, is one of the small moons in Mars, for example, something like that. So the, all those, uh, uh, there's many different possibilities and uh, where to put this uh, power station, uh, we are still working on
2: it. And also it will strongly depends on the mission nature.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were also curious if, um, it,
0: it would be feasible and we'd receive enough, um, laser, you know, efficiency and, 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 divergence and, um, attenuation and, and, and thermal blooming, um, from a laser here on earth.
2: Yeah, the... Photonic laser thruster uh,
1: cannot, uh, is not designed for operated in atmosphere. So all those are uh, not uh, relevant issues. So it operates in vacuum in
2: space. So thermal blooming, all those is not an issue at all. Okay.
3: And so our um, okay. Let me think here, um, and and how um, how
0: how big how large would these mirrors be um, on yeah. on on
1: orbit? Yeah, okay. the uh, for example, Earth to Moon. Okay, there are two mirrors. So one. Uh, One major, like a major, it's almost like a, you know, major mirror on telescope, the large one, it should be uh, static on the power plants, okay? That's a primary mirror. And the secondary mirror, it will be attached to the spacecraft. So, for example, for Earth to Moon, the primary mirror diameter would be about Uh, 10 meters or or so, and then on the spacecraft it will be less than one meter. For Mars, primary will be about hundreds or or so meters, and secondary meter will be tens, tens of meters. Okay, so that's the size, approximate,
2: you know, scaling. So it's not that bad. If you think about it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely.
3: Attainable.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And that I am about publishing another article about all these issues,
1: thermodynamics, hmm. you know, thermodynamics, mirror diameter, and reflection, and what kind of mirror density the area density, because that's another issue, because we do not have a uh, good technology uh, for doing that. Although, you know, NASA and other people studied, but then their funding was cut off so that they, uh, for example, Gossamer structure and inflatable structure, all those may be be relevant. In fact, uh, DARPA is studying for this kind of, uh, building this kind of structure in space. So all those things are about, at the boiling points I, I i believe
3: yeah it's exciting
1: yeah, yeah.
0: um and in in this um demo and proof of concept you did back in 2008 what what did you guys learn and, and how does this inform the design of the laser here
1: yeah we had about half a million dollars to develop from the scratch to uh to develop a photonic laser thruster for large telescope for forming large sparse you know virtual uh, telescope in space like kilometer diameter something like that and so uh, so it was designed you know uh, for low power we are talking about kilowatts something like that so, so anyway use a conventional uh thruster but we did a proof of concept demonstration that Photon uh, photon thruster can be scaled up, and then, uh, but then in doing so, uh, you know, I discovered that photonic uh, laser thruster is a stable against the movement of the laser mirror, which is a major major discovery that no one uh, could do that before. But anyway. So we used uh, a yeah, typical off-the-shelf uh, laser modules, laser in fact, uh, a diode-pumped uh, solid-state laser, that's the technology. And uh, we were demonstrating, and we noticed that it, because we are using thin, uh, long uh, laser-gain media, so it observes too much laser energy when the photons are going back and forth, back and forth because it goes through a long rod. And so that's one problem. And second problem was we under the low budget, uh, we could not uh, operate this one e- either in the vacuum or in uh, high quality clean room. So the data was very uh, difficult and then we can see much more uh, thermal effect, something like that kind of thing, plus uh, laser scattering effect. So there was a maximum uh, uh, in terms of how how many times we how much we can amplify the photon thrust. So those two facts uh, were a deficiency of that experiment. And then uh, we uh, used a thin disk laser. Basically, we make the Laser gain media thin, so that when the photons going back and forth, absorption becomes almost negligible. Uh, And also, that we use the clean room. Vacuum uh, is much more difficult, so we use clean room uh, just to to reduce the uh, scattering of the dust, scattering by the dust. Uh, Those two are we learned uh, from, uh, for the design of the high power lasers, uh, high power lasers for photonic laser thruster. But eventually, uh, I'm hoping that uh, the whole thing can be uh, demonstrated in space or in vacuum, large vacuum chamber, which will cost a little more money uh, than what you used to, uh, what you used to have. But anyway, so in doing so, there will be additional increase in Uh, amplification factor and then the details can be found in my 2021 paper about you know how we did 100 times the scaling up of the photonic laser thruster
3: yeah that
0: one that looks very interesting too um Mm and in in the demo here you mentioned you you stopped the 0.75 kilogram cube sat over over two meters here on the surface yeah with the the Yttrium laser,
3: yes.
1: Yeah, the Yb, Yb yeah, ytterbium, ytterbium yeah. ytterbium is one of the very interesting wavelength of about 30 nanometer,
3: mm.
1: and uh, one of the
2: uh, most uh, interesting uh, material in lasers. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And um, we were wondering here what um. Why, why did you guys choose the active resonant optical ca- cavity instead of the passive? Yeah.
1: Okay. The resonance cavity, there are two types. One is uh, passive, another active. Uh, passive means uh, like a Markers- Microson uh, interferometer. And so, you know, the gravitational detection uh, system uses this uh, passive uh, optical cavity. Gra- gravitational wave detection. Uh, to, when you form almost like a photonic laser thruster, uh, optical uh, cavalry setup, that means one meter and another meter, but then when you shoot the laser from the outside, send the photon in between, uh, into the cavity, and then you get trapped photons that way. That's what they call passive, Optical cavity. There is no laser generating media inside of the cavity. That's used for gravitational wave detection. Why? Even if you have a very tiny, small movement of the mirror, you can detect the movement. That means as soon as you move the mirror slightly away,
2: then thrust the dies off. So that's passive although if you can keep it in a steady position extremely
1: you know like a, a fractionable wavelength steadiness then you can maintain power then you can use that uh, you can de- use use that for detecting extremely small movement even uh, the movement caused by gravitational wave and that that is the cantax uh, ligo Okay, The gravitational wave detector, that's passive. So th- what, what it means is, uh, although you can trap the photon, amplify the
2: thrust, however, as soon as a uh, spacecraft moves, even fraction of a wavelength, thrust disappears. And then of course it goes
1: further out, it may come back for a very short time. It becomes comes, uh, so the net average thrusts, uh, there is no amplification. So that's passive cavity. What I discovered is this is accidental discovery. When I put the cavity, the uh, game media into the cavity, that means the whole uh, cavity becomes like a laser. It's generating its own laser inside of the cavity. Then,
2: lo and behold, the thrust doesn't die away. So that's the difference. But uh, using large, long range optical cavity has begun.
1: And we have got already one Nobel Prize out of the gravitational detection. And then your potential may be many different type of a Nobel Prize will come if younger generation wanna work on it and that will be in space. And if, if we do the same thing in space with a much longer distance uh, optical cavity, maybe you can even detect even gravitation caused by some even much smaller objects. You know, so,
2: and all those things are amazing. And then I think uh, uh, the active cavity uh, can be also used for that kind of a scientific purpose in the future. But does it make sense?
3: Yes, thank you for clarifying.
2: That. Yeah, it's uh, it's still still wrapping your head
0: around things too. Um, it sounds like um, was reading. So, so we beam the reflector. Um, mm-hmm. We we'd beam the laser to a reflector uh, with with the cargo, and you know for 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 several hours and I've, up
1: to a um, a distance of of a thousand kilometers, I think. Uh, moon is a thousand kilometer. Mars is a mid close to a million kilometer or more. Okay, so a million kilometers from here to probably like our near Lagrange point something like that.
3: Okay, and,
0: and a little
1: more than our uh, moon. Yeah,
0: seems like um, we need some really high kind of
1: you know steerability
0: and and high precision aiming. How how could we um, achieve this?
3: Here?
1: Yeah, these things uh, surprisingly is available. You know, through the astronomy telescopes, imagine that they are looking into the how many years? eye, thirteen point six billion years. or now this what ten billion years. You know the, the enormous distance. They can select the stars uh, uh, or the you know whatever the black holes or whatever. They can or aim it, aim that telescope to that. So uh, those things uh, are available. And uh, if you read my scientific uh, my paper in two thousand twelve,
2: uh, you have some uh, estimate there.
1: Okay. Nice. Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Aiming
1: is not an issue.
3: Yeah. Sounds
1: like yeah. it. Yeah. But there are some other issues. <laughs> yeah. What um,
0: what kind of other challenges are you um? Would,
1: would. Where nice. it's scaling up the laser, the currently about megawatt laser is available. In, I'm talking about in public domain, okay.
2: And but then, uh, putting that into the space, plus uh, the
1: scaling up that to the gigawatt level of laser will take a uh, additional challenge. You know, you're going to put the thousand one megawatts laser combined together, which is uh, theoretically feasible, or you want to do 100, 100, uh, 10 megawatts lasers, or you want to do one gigawatt laser in a single body. Uh, I don't know what would be the answer, but that's one challenge. Another is uh, uh, the, the putting the uh, building the power station with that level of course moons will re- require about megawatts or so or maybe 10 megawatts and then uh i'm talking about in terms of uh, sending back and forth the uh, small cargos a uh, human demand cargo may require still a gigawatt level anyway so that's those are major, major challenges uh, and then high reflectance mirrors large high re- reflectance mirrors so far so mirror I'm talking about like a four nine, then the ref- reflectivity is 99.99 or even better sometimes. Uh, those, uh, you know, has a diameter, diameters of about, let's say, meter. But then how to make them bigger is another issue. So uh,
2: still the challenges uh, remain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anything is possible.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. They, I mean, it's, they are all within scientific principle. And then also we build some foundation, some, you know, predecessors built foundation here, founders there. So we have to connect them together and then start to work on it and build on it. But that's gonna take a lot of mon- money, but I am feel optimistic because uh, they reduce the launch cost, the SpaceX, for example, mm-hmm. and then accessibility and also they open the vision. Some of the uh, major key players are already envisioning living in uh, space somewhere, not only on Mars, but some other people think just, I have been nowhere, but I believe more around the asteroid belts, you know, something like that. So there are a lot of uh, proven ideas are there, here and there, so it's a matter of selecting and then initiating
2: connecting and pushing through yes i believe yeah same what um was curious here uh-huh.
0: on the other types of propulsion methods um available and was curious on your thoughts on the on this concept of the laser thermal propulsion and
1: really yeah of, uh some of my own that... uh, used to work on this this one mm-hmm. and uh, this is for uh, re- reducing the cost of the launching, okay, because it still uses a reaction mass. So you are basically heating the re- uh, reaction mass and then propel. So the difference between that kind of idea and the regular idea, regular rockets, you know, you're heating by combining oxygen. Oxid- uh, uh, there's a very minor difference. And then uh, eventually, uh, this kind of concept is limited by Tsiorkovsky rocket equation. That means, uh, you know, propellant is proportional to
2: the, uh, expo- exponentially proportional to the uh, rocket velocity. So I
1: see, I don't know whether that concept can survive in competition with the regular rocket which is uh, becoming more and more efficient daily. So, and I, I don't even know whether this kind of concept can even begin because the already existing method has become much more reliable. And so the advantage is so marginal that I don't think uh, there is any hope there, but you know, i don't want to criticize anybody but that's my personal opinion okay good to know um you, for those of you
0: um who aren't familiar out there the the laser thermal propulsion um works around the principle of, of you know you take a high power laser and then you the, the, yeah. the photons bounce off the reflector and then are concentrated into a propulsion chamber with um
1: yeah the, yeah, the propellant yeah. these are around for them. These are around for 20, 30 years already. Hmm. The idea, you know, Jordan Care, one of my alumni, UC Berkeley alumni worked on this. And uh, we've been back and forth, and I, I don't see any uh, any, uh, any uh, really good reason to push this one against a uh, regular proposal Because like what I said, because it still uses uh, the, uh, reaction mass. You know hydrogen is a reaction mass, so you have to push the hydrogen out
2: and uh, because of that you have a velocity you know, limit. Uh, so, yes,
1: so I don't see, it's basically a conventional rocket except you re- replace the oxygen with the laser beam. So mm-hmm. you want to put the uh, oxygen there in the rocket, or you want to shine gigantic laser with lots of complex mechanism to replace the tiny portion of the accident. I would prefer just to use the uh, accident because it's proven and it's working.
0: Yeah, that, that makes sense. How, I was curious, how much, um, how much cargo and payload kilograms could we transport to, to Mars with a photonic laser thruster?
1: For example, ten gigawatts, we can go up to hundred ton. And uh, another uh, another beauty of the photonic uh, laser thruster is uh, the launch frequency is very fast, uh, very high. So, for example, you know. Uh, it takes about four hours to push the laser, and then you turn off the laser, and then next the spacecraft can put in, and in four uh, in you know right after you can put another one. So if you think about it, it takes let's say four, four hours to you know prepare the rockets, and then the ne- next four hours can be used for another one. So if you can you think about it, you are talking about six times of a launching capacity, in, in terms of a maximum theoretical maximum, okay? And then uh, six times 365 2,000, right? So 2,000 times per year, you can transport uh, spacecraft with, with one facility. And each, faci- each, you know, spacecraft, let's say, can carry, let's say 10 ton, conservatively. Then you are talking about 20,000 tons of cargo. Imagine that, that's uh, like what? a hundred times over what uh, space, uh SpaceX uh, Starship can do in one year. So if you think about that, that launch frequency is amazing, amazing. Oh, yeah, la- launch frequency of the photon laser thruster. That is, I think, think, if, I, I, I think it's uh, revolutionized. It's almost like a train, one train goes, the next train goes, right? So I'm even thinking that you have a of a spacecraft flying towards Mars and they coming back, back and forth. And then in between, maybe they can combine together, build even bigger spacecraft. By the time you are close to the destination, they can uh, you know, detach again, something like that. There are a lot of uh, many, many interesting concepts that can come up. So uh, anyway, so that's a uh, major, uh, advantage that no propulsion mechanism has it.
3: Yeah, it's that,
0: really visionary here with the mm-hmm. uh, your um, the interplanetary photonic railway system. Yeah. Um, it sounds
1: oh, like yeah. we can we can aero break around a, a planet or. Oh, uh, it's or not arrow You need to have another one, sure. another photon laser thruster power station. At the destination, yes. yes, and then you have to use laser to slow down because there is no mechanism. that you can slow down 100 km per second. Yes, this or, is extremely high speed. Yes. No, imagine that uh, regular rocket goes 10 kilometers and then you have high, not even 10 km to approach the Mars. Much lower velocity to use aerobrake. Okay, so those concepts cannot be used.
0: Like like. Sorry, I meant to say like something like photonic
1: braking or something yeah photonic braking yeah Yeah, arrow breaking. yeah photonic yeah. braking so it's exactly like uh, uh, some of the uh, the electric train you send them very fast and then you slow down at the destination you know? so uh, that's the reason I call it not uh, system I call it a photonic railway you can visualize it, right? <laughs> the stream of a, uh you know trains, boxcars are in space going in stream, huh? And then going one direction or another direction. And if we think about it, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So
0: you I've you've changed my perspective.
2: <laughs> right. my I hope so.
0: um and it sounds like um i was curious if we could potentially this concept of beam combining if we could you know um add other frequencies like x-rays and 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 combine them with optical frequencies um to achieve a higher throughput and efficiency
1: yeah uh combining with them i'm not sure but uh, some people are saying that modulate the photon laser beam for communicating, but uh, uh, I'm not quite sure about that either, but using x-ray may be interesting because if you can develop x-ray laser, I already mentioned that in my 2012 paper, because the x-ray has much shorter wavelength, it means diffraction is much less and it carries more momentum, okay? So, if you can develop x-ray laser uh, you know, over in, uh, in uh, comparable uh, beam diffraction quality, something like that uh, would be very useful. Or so eventually, some, uh, someday, if somebody finds x-ray laser, advanced x-ray laser, and op- advanced x-ray optical cavity, then mirror size will shrink by a factor of 10 or 100. Even. So then it changes the game even further. So I don't know which direction to go. One is uh, uh, scaling up the laser power and large laser mirror. Another is uh, decreasing the wavelength of the uh, laser. I don't know which would be more uh, appropriate at this point. But uh, I think uh, increasing uh, laser laser mirror size would be easier at this point because uh, X-ray laser is extremely hard to uh make it far off but it seems like there's a lot of x-rays near stars and
0: supernovas
2: and black yeah yeah yeah.
1: x-ray is is, uh, very common Uh, uh, there's no doubt about it so i've been thinking about how to make x-ray lasers but then even if you make x-ray lasers and how to make x-ray optical cavity is another issue because uh there's no good way of making x-ray mirrors of a high quality Mm. So, I mean, you yeah, uh, know, I'm limited by existing science and technology, but then suddenly somebody will discover something, younger generation, you know, like you guys, and then uh, something may happen. But at this point, to my knowledge, you know, I'm limited.
0: Yes, yeah,
1: the mm-hmm. photons and op- optical, basically. Yeah, yeah. go Yeah.
0: Like yeah. Um, was wondering what... Um, uh, I think, like, um, mm-hmm. for the next steps, what what are um, your plans and what kind of mission architectures and, and, and time frame for the first on-orbit on demo?
1: I have, you know, uh, so far, I think I'm in mean, the seed stage that means uh, we need more manpower in terms of, you know, the guys who can work on the orbit dynamics, computer simulation of the orbits, all those things They have to come by together. but. Uh first, I believe the first and also the more prominent way to demonstrate photonic laser thruster is on international power Station, in, in terms of Space Station, ISS. The reason is that it mimics the large power station that I am envisioning, you know the large one, either with a solar, power, solar panel. Or nuclear plant nuclear power and then uh, the inter- ISS has a large solar panel on the order of 100 kilowatts and
2: another is that it has its own cooling system already and so and plus, you know, ISS, a lot of people are watching what's happening
1: in ISS. So it will be a very good demonstration. I proposed this one to NASA. Somehow, I don't know what is happening. They, uh, they uh, do not allow me to uh, proceed with that, but ISS as demonstrated would be very good. And I'm thinking like a 10 to 30 kilowatts laser can be on board and then we can prevent that transforming into some other, you know, crazy devices. But anyway, uh, that can be used to 10 times, 10 plus times uh, uh, scaling up the existing laser, but it will be demonstrated in space. And then it's very tangible, very feasible. Then they can be done probably in, depending on how much the funding is coming in,
2: but three to five years. Nice.
3: Excellent. Um, Well, we.
0: uh, I think that the where I think you know we converge toward a whether it be a you know an international like power station on orbit or 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 power Mm -hmm. beaming. I think it makes a lot of sense for to to get more power in
1: orbit. Yeah, I believe that the you know the space solar power. And uh, it's originally uh, proposed for beaming the power through microwave usually uh, on Earth. But more importantly, you can use that for photonic laser thruster mm. and then sending the cargoes back and forth uh, at very low cost. The problem of problem with existing space technologies as soon as you bring the propellant up in space it becomes ten thousand dollar per kilogram mm-hmm. imagine that your you know gas one gallon of gas is a third, uh, you know fifty thousand dollar how where can you go what kind of transportation uh, system you can build on that right so getting of fuel is the almost important. And that's what the photonic laser thruster can do. And then on top of that, of course, the launch frequency. So it can increase uh, cargo capacity by rapid, rapidly uh, sending more and more and more uh, cargoes. So I, I, I think uh, it can potentially revolutionize uh, space civilization, in fact. That's what I'm, I mean, I would say I'm hoping.
0: Yeah, it's I, it's really revolutionary and inspiring to see what you're doing. Um, you we know, hope to you know support and and would love to collaborate uh, down the road. Yes.
3: Yeah,
2: I would be happy to. Well, um, I think uh, I think that's a. Uh, oh. All of our questions over here, and um,
1: uh, where where could our listeners get in touch with you? You can email me, or you can visit my company website. There's contact. You know, it's a wwwykbcorp.com ykbcorp.com, and then you can uh, there's a contact information plus you can just directly, you know, send a uh messages through the online system anyway so uh and then also you can go to uh my research gate which i put as much information as possible there nice we'll we'll add those to the podcast description too
0: um
3: and
0: thanks so much dr bay
1: Oh, you're welcome, and good luck with your endeavor. Uh, you, you are on a very important task.
3: That means
1: a lot. Yes, you too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. All
3: right.
2: Take care. Take care. Bye. Good luck.